Hi everyone, welcome back to Prevention Nation, where we believe education and awareness can change the culture of violence. I'm your host, Roy Lutz. She like started a, a business for uh, American Girl Doll. And so when you buy an American Girl Doll, you can take it to the American Girl Doll store mm-hmm. and have them fixed up, get all the scuffs off of them and pierce their ears, and paint their nails. Mm-hmm get the tangles out of the hair, all that kind of stuff. Well, a lot of her friends have um, other brands that are not American Girl Doll, right? So there's yeah. nowhere to take the, those. So she came up with this whole list of offerings that she will do, and she'll re- restore and clean up the doll and fix their hair, get all the tangles out, all the mats out, um, paint their nails. There's all she of that. She created this own little business. Yes. Like yep. And it came, which is... It's a doll boutique. That's what I was yeah, thinking. It's it is, so yeah. And so, and it, and it, but it came out of caring about friends who had a need you know which is like that's the milestone of any successful wow. business is not to start a business but to solve a problem and she franchised that is them? the way <laughs> not yet but anyway that's just how she thinks and um, yeah so she's she's really um we always just kind of kind of stereotyped the first two kids a little bit yeah. like okay the firstborn son he's like me the girl she's like you know mom but there's this whole part of her that's a lot like me and, um, you know, for her birthday. So, like, talking about, right, the book, Write Your Life books and yeah. these mentoring books and things. For her birthday as a gift, um, as a party gift to all of the kids who came to her party, she wrote a book and illustrated the whole thing. Jeez. And so there's a 15-page book story of this girl who was out in the woods and she sees this lost horse. And she takes it back, and her parents say, no, we can't take care of it. we got to find, you know. They tried to find the owner. couldn't find the owner. Anyway, she ends up getting to keep this horse and takes care of the horse. And so now she's working on a part two. But she writes this whole story. She had it all written in her in her head. Yeah. And so she's like, Dad, will you help me make this book? And so former life, I was a graphic designer. And so I'm like helping her. Here's how you put together the book. So she makes an outline. And she writes, you know, word for word, writes it out in paragraphs. Then I had her type it. And so she's not a type very well yet, 10 years old. So, but she typed it and then she illustrated everything. So we digitized her illustrations and put them in the book. And so she made a coloring book. So all of her friends that came to her party got this book. And it was a storybook with coloring pages of the story of this girl who found this horse. Isn't that crazy? You, you talk about having kids and trying, you know, bettering yourself as a dad and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Something that's important to me right now is trying to figure out how to cross over into their space more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you feel like you got young kids, you're constantly disciplining and training and teaching and mm-hmm. correcting and, you know, all of the the things that you have to do to help them grow and know how to yeah. survive <laughs> and right. be a healthy human and all of that. But, you know, if I'm if I'm honest with myself, how often am I engaging in what they want to do? And yeah. so, you know, for two days, they've been asking, will you come jump on the trampoline with us? Mm-hmm. And, you know, something came up the first day, something came up last night, got home too late, all of that it didn't happen. And and so I'm kind of evaluating, did, did stuff really come up or did I just not really want to make it happen? Yeah. To cross into their space. Would it have hurt anything for them to go to bed 15 minutes later than normal because I went right. and jumped on the trampoline? And so I find myself not stepping into the, their world the way that I might want to. Yeah. So 
So anyway, that's why I can say yes. If I say yes to this now, then I'm committed to doing something in her space. Well, I'm going to hold you to it then. Because, so I mean, <laughs> step into their world. You know? yeah. I mean, it's a cool space to yeah. be in. Welcome to Prevention Nation. Uh, it's Roy and Caitlin here, and we have a guest. Guest, uh, what's your name? Yeah, my name is Nate Chrisman. Excellent. So, um, Nate, uh, let's jump in and talk about where do you where do you work? What do you, what is your thing? Uh, I work with a nonprofit organization called The Cleft. Okay. And a big part of what we do is a program called Good Life, and uh, it's very prevention oriented within um, public schools. Uh, actually public and private we have a couple of private schools as well Um, but we're in 33 schools in the Dayton area Um, a group of schools in North Carolina South Carolina some folks in West Virginia New Hampshire and so several kind of places and spaces all over um, wherever there are some uh, teachers administrators superintendents who hear about what we do and kind of match it to their needs we're just out to serve them when I, when I was 18, I sat at the kitchen table with my parents. And I won't tell my whole life story, but I'll start at 18 for a second. Uh, but I was uh, actually 17 as a senior in high school. Sat down at the kitchen table with my parents and talked about all the people uh, in my story yeah. that now I can't tell my story without mentioning their names. And so names that would mean nothing to you, but Jim, Bob, uh, Doug, Dave, you know, all these like, you know, common names, right? But these are common people that had a significant impact in my life who were much further ahead of me. Um, A couple of those were actually my parents uh, or my friend's parents uh, Mm -hmm. and other dads in my space that kind of took me under their wing also and mentored me. Uh, Some local business owners in our community, a guy named uh, Bob Altick, another guy named Jim Kennedy. These these guys um, took me as a, you know, 12 year old and would take me to, you know, homes that they would maybe have for sale. So one of them was a realtor, and I, they would pack up their my mower in the back of their Cadillac trunk and take me with my yard tools and introduce me to a customer of a house they were about to put on the market and say, hey, this kid, his name's Nate. He's going to clean up your flower beds for you and make everything look nice before we put your house on the market. And at 12 years old, I was kind of starting my own little landscaping business, but it was because of the influence and the investment that this guy, this realtor named Bob, had in my life who was a friend of my dad. And, yeah. um, and so I just had a lot of people like that in my story, and I realized that a lot of my friends didn't have that. Many of them um, didn't have the stable home life that I had. My parents have been married for 40 years, and they're still together today, and it created a really solid environment for me. And I knew that my friends didn't have that, and I knew the struggles that I had as a senior in high school and through my whole middle school and high school experience. And so I talked to my parents at that point about what would it look like when I graduate? Um, I'm going to go to college and take some business courses and because it's like, well, that's what you're supposed to do, right? It's go to college and, you know, do the thing and all of that. But, you know, the only thing I knew that I was sure that I wanted to do is help people like me and, and help, um, that age group of middle school and high school students um, who often kind of go through their whole middle school and high school career and they're still kind of not prepared for life outside the classroom. Right. And so as well as teachers like to prepare students and they're really great at it, passionate about it, academically, um, a lot of the weight of preparing students for all the other areas of life also falls on teachers. Well, what do you specifically think people are uh, ill-equipped? Yeah. What are they leaving high school ill-equipped with? Yeah, well, I think when you when you look at um, even dropout rates of, in college your first year, you know, mm-hmm. 34% of students will drop out altogether. Yeah. And I think another half of those, something in that neighborhood, will change their major. 
um, you know, two years in because they're just unsure. And so I think there's a lot of kind of um, not knowing who you really are. And there's so much around that topic. And of course, we could get into, you know, gender and, you know, all the things that are kind of big topics in our culture right now. But at the end of the day, when we talk about who you really are, it's what kind of person do you really want to be? And what are the what are the natural um, giftings and talents and abilities and passions and de- desires that you have within yourself? Yeah. Um, what can you offer the world? And there's such a lack of like in middle school and high school sometimes opportunities to do that. And I think without without you know creating a big debate about what's what's healthy for kids and what's not, um, some of the unintended consequences of um, our schedules and how busy. Yeah. And how full our schedules are kind of lend to a lack of decision making um, opportunities. That's oh yeah, so, I mean we're so, so overbooked, overbooking yeah. kids that they're not yeah. really actually developing yeah. that particular right, skills right. Like and so you know a big part of that is sports, right? And so sports can be a really, really great thing, but at the same time, there's less and less kids working as they're they're in their you know high school years. And so when you work on a job and you're forced to kind of create something together in collaboration with other people who are different than you, who have different work ethic than you, who may have different background with you. You're kind of forced in a different way to work toward a common goal with people that you don't maybe have things in common with. Yeah. And there's a lot of growth that can happen in that way. Oh, yeah. And so when, you're, when your schedule in some ways is so programmed for you, I show up at practice, I do this, I go here, I go here, I go here, I go to bed and I wake up and I do the same thing. You know, there's so many um, things that maybe you're not, you're not getting experience in as a high school student. So then when you're, forced to kind of face reality like hey, I'm mm-hmm. an adult now. Yep. I have to do, I like, do some yeah. stuff and mom and dad aren't necessarily looking over my shoulder anymore and bailing me out and all the things they might have done in middle and high school. Kind of not ready for that. I think another portion of this is um, the internal battles that, that nobody can see. Oh, yeah. And so one of, the, one of the codes that we talk about when we go into classrooms and schools, um, the, idea, the concepts that we have is the inside you, sorry, that no one can see leads to the outside you that everybody can see. Yeah. And so you can only kind of um, put on the facade sometimes that sometimes we don't even know we're doing it. Um, and so we can represent ourselves however we want on social media. And so we all know somebody who along the way somewhere something happened in their story and you're standing on the outside thinking, man, I, I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea you were struggling with that. I had no idea this was this was an issue, you know, for you. Um, or maybe as a kid growing up, you know, you thought things were fine in the home, and then your parents sit you down and say, hey, we love you and your siblings, but we don't love each other anymore. Yeah. And as a kid, you're thinking, "What? I had no clue. I had no, you know, what, where, what, where did this come from? Or the spouse who's on the other end of the receiving news, um, I had an affair. Mm-hmm. And you didn't see that coming at all, right? So we all have these things that we... We didn't see coming. And so even when you think back to 2020, we had all these principals and superintendents and and really voices from all over the nation saying, our kids need help now more than ever. And and I'm trying, and and as you guys are in this space too, right? People like us are saying, no, they needed this in 2018 and 2019 more than ever. Mm -hmm. Because as as often as we heard the phrase, in times that are that are un, as uncertain as these, we're living in uncertain times, and and we don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic, and is it you know what's going to happen, you know all all the stuff, right? And yes, unprecedented, maybe, yeah, right, COVID, but uncertain, 
we're always living in uncertain times. Sure because are. the worst worst news of your life is on the other end of a text message. It sure is. Yeah. Um, and and the thing that you didn't see coming is just on the you know just around the corner sometimes. And and whether that's for better or for worse, sometimes it's the greatest opportunity that you've always hoped and dreamed for, and you didn't know how close it was, and all of a sudden you're standing in front of that uh, amazing opportunity. And who, who is it? How are you going to show up to step into that moment, whether it's the greatest opportunity of your life or the greatest challenge of your life? Right. And so when we kind of go through life, and as teenagers do, our culture has created an environment where it's easy to ignore those things. And Absolutely. just kind of, I'm not going to deal with it. It's too hard. Um, and, and we live in that kind of microwave society. I want what I want it right now. I want what feels good. I want what's normal. I want what's easy. And so when it comes to dealing with these challenges that we face, the pains of life, of insecurities or hurts or fears or um, just challenges that seem like, man, I'm taking two steps forward, but three steps back. And it's that constant resistance over and over. Well, what do you do with that? And most of the time, um, or oftentimes, most might be an overstatement. Uh, I'm not sure. Being in the space, I'm not sure it is an overstatement. But right. maybe. But oftentimes, um, teenagers go to uh, numbing it. And so we, t- we talk about vaping. And in fact, in the meeting that I was in with you, right, yeah. the topic of the day was vaping. And um, I don't know who it was in the back of the room that day, but I've shared this story actually many times over now. Somebody in that room said, I've been in pre- prevention work for 30 years. And they said, prevention is prevention is prevention. Mm-hmm. And and we can talk about, okay, vaping is the thing now. Right. But it's going to be something else in a couple of years as it was a couple of years ago. It was yep. something different. And there's always going to be these behaviors on the outside, but it's a result of what's happening on the inside. And so there's this idea for a lot of students, I think, of numbing Mm -hmm. the actual pain that's there and that ache. And they'll do anything. If it's an artificial, uh, you know, relationship, it's this person that probably not all that into them, but the attention makes me feel good for a minute. Right. And and I was there. I I did that plenty. Um, Or it's, you know, I know that, you know, getting high is maybe not the best decision for me, but if I can escape this pain and just numb it, even for a minute, it's worth it. Right. And so we often talk about there always being a story behind the story. And unfortunately, the story in the headlines in in our culture, in our world, and and really whatever space you find yourself in, um, tribe you identify with, your, your, your group, your church, your um, neighborhood, you know, wh- wherever it is, like we all have these stories that we like to play out. And normally the stories that we talk about are external. Yeah, it's it's yeah. all of these external behaviors that, of course, so many of them are destructive. And right. They're hurtful and they're harmful to ourselves and to others. But what's the story behind the story? And so somewhere along the way, as I hear so many people in in my world and in, in our world complaining um, what's the hope for America? You know, we're in so much trouble and the world's going to hell in a handbasket. You know, you just hear all of these things and I'm thinking, you know, all, all of the things that we like to point to in our world that, that seem to be going so wrong, um, they're, they're sitting behind a sixth grade desk right now, a seventh grade desk. Um, it's an eighth grade student. It's a, it's a 15 year old with zits all over their face trying to figure out 
their place in the world and what they do with the fact that they've never known their dad. Yeah. How do I deal with that pain? Um, what to do with the fact that I only seem to fit in with this group when I'm engaging in this particular behavior that they seem to uh, recognize and celebrate me for, mm-hmm. even though it's not really what I want to be doing, maybe. I know it's probably not even healthy, and I've been taught this isn't a good thing to do, but it's the only place I can seem to find any kind of significance. And so those things continue to grow when we just are kind of satisfied with the outside and what's happening on the outside. And so um, when I say you're not you know, ready for life, um, unfortunately, bad news is always coming. Yeah, <laughs> you sure either, is. You either just came out of something that was really tough, you're in it right now, or you're going to go into it again, and and it's just there. So are you, are you ready for that? There's always going to be opportunities to step into things that might change your life forever. It could be one job acceptance, you know, from changing the whole trajectory of your life. Um, yeah. You could be one yes away from saying yes to an opportunity that might um, shape the course of, of what you do for the rest of your life. And so being ready in those opportunities because of who you are and doing um, what you can now today with who you are and what you have. And so who you are is the real you of who do you, who do you want to be as in the kind of person, not the label. I I belong to this group. I belong to this, right? You know, and and we're really good at labels in our culture. Yeah, We love to put ourselves in boxes and put each other in boxes. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I want to be somebody who's full of integrity. I want to never lie. I never want to have to like show up in any room with any group of people and try to remember the story that I told that group and be constantly anxious about them finding me out. Yeah. I want to show up fully as me wherever I am. Wow. Like, what would that be like? <laughs>